0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Hope you had a great weekend, a safe weekend. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. The great Will Farrell will join us coming up next hour. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll check in on the Dallas Cowboys who have a new quarterback, technically a backup quarterback but also technically a starting quarterback for the previous nine seasons. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at dampatrick.com. Twitter handle DP show. You can watch on com slash the Dan Patrick Show, listen on the uh, great radio affiliates around the country, the Fox Sports Radio lineup. And if you want to go into the chat room, Tyler, the moderator, is there. We say good morning to the chat room. The chat room... They're on the clock. They have some opportunities here. They have presented some T-shirt possibilities, and I will let the chat row decide that by Friday, and then we will make up T-shirts for the chat row. That's our locker room. If you go in there, be prepared. They come to play. Poll question, McLevin, what do we have from the first hour? So I put up, would the Bulls have won eight straight titles if Michael Jordan never left to play baseball?
1: 65% say yes, they would have won eight straight.
0: I don't think they would have. And the reason is, I, I do think Michael Jordan was suffering burnout when he won his third title and decided to go play baseball. It felt like he needed a break from being Michael Jordan, Air Jordan. And I think baseball allowed him to have a little bit more of that fresh air, hit the reset button, and then he came back with a vengeance to win three in a row again. The Knicks were good then. Indiana was still good then. Houston was good then. I think it would have been a little bit tougher for them. You know, they went through Utah, went through Seattle. They went through Phoenix. I think, Mike, I I just don't think he would have won. He might have won two more. I don't think he would have won three more after that. I don't think he would have gone eight for eight. But I do think that he probably, he might have ended up with six. It just wouldn't have been three here, three there. It might have been five in a row and then one more after that at some point. But I don't think he would have gone eight for eight. I I do think this took a toll on him because everywhere they went, he was Michael Jordan. He didn't have a night off, didn't take a night off, didn't take a a, a day off from practice. He played hard. I mean, off the court, gambling, playing golf, I mean, running a business. I think it was an awful lot that Michael Jordan took on. And I do think that, that at some point, he was going to hit the wall. Yeah, Paul.
1: My favorite moment of the documentary last night is they're showing the NBA All-Star game, I think, in Jordan's last year. And they're hugging and kissing as the game's over. And Gary Payton goes to give him a hug. And uh, uh, Jordan goes, hey, man, hopefully see you in the in the finals. And Gary Payton goes, oh, yeah, you guys will be there. He goes, I'm not talking about us. I know
0: we're <laughs> going to be there. Because <laughs> Gary, Gary Payton got it confused. <laughs> I always go back to when we were covering the NBA finals on SportsCenter. And, you know, the great PR department with the Bulls, they'd always say, look, we're going to tell Michael that you want to have him at least uh, once or twice after wins. And so they came, then they came back and they said, Mike said, hey, tell Dan Patrick, I'll come on after we win the championship. Not if we win the championship. It was uh, tell him I'll always come on because he was going to come on after, the, you know, they, if you win four, you win the title. I didn't always get him other times. Occasionally, you get Mike twice in a series. I'd get Phil Jackson uh, when they would win. But you didn't want somebody. If they lost, you were respectful to them. You, know, you would have guys, if Utah won a game, and I'd have Carl Malone or John Stockton come in. Uh, you know, just It was different back then. And you know, Michael would always say, tell him I'll come in after we win the championship. And he lived up to that. When they won, he came in and sat down. All right, uh, so that's the poll question. And if you'd like to be involved in that, uh, go ahead. You can uh, vote in that. You can also dial us up as well. Email us. NFL headlines. Andy Dalton is now a Dallas Cowboy. And we'll talk to Tim of the Dallas Morning News, around the horn about this. Is this more about Andy Dalton or is it more about Dak Prescott? Is it more about Jerry Jones short-term or long-term, what they're trying to do there? So we'll talk to Tim about that. Uh, Will Ferrell will also join us coming up a little bit later on in the program. Every year, NFL writers put out draft report cards. And it's fun to read. You know how I am with mock drafts and grades after the draft. I I just sort of look at it with amusement. And I try not to get too invested in it. You know, there's a... Pass fail grade for every team, and you know we do this really, this is what it's about after three seasons. That's why I always say, after three seasons, you're going to know where that player stands with your team, how well your team did in the draft. I know it's not fun, it's not fair. You want us to give you an opinion right away, and it's difficult to do that. Because let's say I look at the 2017 draft. All right? So we're three years removed from the 2017 draft. Mitchell Trubisky. Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Corey Davis. They're not going to be back with their respective teams after this year. Is that a bust? Yes, those are top five picks. Four of the top five reportedly didn't have their fifth year option picked up. I mean, no surprise Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson had theirs picked up, but the Bears with Trubisky, the Niners with Solomon Thomas, who I thought was going to be great. Jags running back Leonard Fournette, who did have a good year last year. Titans receiver Corey Davis, who's going to go up or go down, is one of the bigger busts. And this is a wide receiver you're taking in the top, and I think fifth overall. On draft day, we get to see highlights. Everybody looks great. That's why it's called a highlight package. (laughs) They don't show bad. That's what they should do. Let me just show you how bad this guy can be. Wouldn't that give you a different interpretation of how good they really are? Hey, we tried to find some bad things with this guy. We just couldn't find anything. Today's a good reminder. It's not how the NFL actually works as teams make key decisions for the future of their franchise. And that's why when you look doesn't it feel like all of those draft picks were great? It felt like every draft, oh yeah, that yeah, I, that makes sense. Oh, I could see, yeah, Isaiah Simmons is gonna be a beat. Oh, C.D. Lamb with the Cowboys is gonna be unbelievable. Clyde Edwards hilarious. Oh, he's gonna work out with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, we don't know. We think we do, and that's why you have guys who lose their jobs because their job is, their own their job is to assess talent coming out of college. And, you know, most importantly, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks now, wide receivers, and it feels like offensive tackles. Those are really hard to say, I got an idea who's going to be great. And they still haven't gotten down that formula because it's in an inexact in science. It really is. But we want grades. Everybody wants grades. I always caution because I think we put too much pressure on. When we have mock drafts, that's pressure you put on those kids. And then when they start to fall, what do we say? Oh, what's wrong with him? It might be you doing the mock draft. That's what's wrong with this. He didn't pick himself. It's not like Aaron Rodgers goes, hey, I'm going to pick myself. He thought he was going one overall. Went all the way to the end of the first round. Oh, what's happening to Aaron Rodgers here? No, it's you and your mock draft. Adam Schefter just tweeted, NFL plans to release... Preseason, regular season schedule later this week. One league a source said that uh, it doesn't, he doesn't think any international games are coming this year. Yeah, I don't see how that's possible playing games in London. The Jags just said, thank you. We're good. <laughs> we don't need to export this quality uh, football here. Uh, so they're going to release that next Saturday. They're going to give you a preseason. They're going to do the Hall of Fame game. And the NFL, it's just full speed ahead. All right, we'll get to phone calls here. Uh, let me see. Anything else? Uh, NBA still looking at a delayed start to the 2021 season. I think if you get games in, then I think you're going to have to look at maybe starting around Christmas. And, and look, I'm told a lot of things. I ask a lot of questions to a lot of people. And then you just sort of take in the information and you go, "Okay, does that sync up with what this guy is saying or this guy is saying? I've got some intel on the college football season that I'll have for you coming up a little bit later on on what is being talked about right now with the conferences. And, you know, the conference that that is in a lot of trouble. Pac-12. Pac-12, just with travel. And uh, I'll, I'll give you some of my information that I got over the weekend about that. How I think they're going to come back and try to play if they're capable, and what's that going to mean to these uh, conferences? I have that for you coming up. Nick in California leads us off this second hour. Hey Nick, what do you have for me today? Hey Dan, six foot one fifty-five. <laughs>
2: Um, I want to offer a uh, some perspective from someone who's 23 years old about the last dance. Okay. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, I love being reminded about Michael. My family's from Chicago, so I grew up on Chicago. Michael Jordan, legend. Um, but I think the, the last dance for someone my age, it just reminds you of how different the sport was and how different it is now. And and we're tired of the debate between Michael and LeBron. You know, we just want to hear Michael was the best then, LeBron can be the best now, and then whoever's next. And, and I don't think that that we really want to engage in the debate, we're, uh, we're kind of tired. It's a different sport almost how physical it was then to, uh, to the, the way it is now.
0: Yeah, I think those are fair points, Nick. Thank you. But we do love to argue. I mean, when you think about sports, it's about a barroom argument there. When you're sitting down with your boys and you have an opinion, somebody else has an opinion. Then you try to prove right from wrong. We've been doing this. I, I don't see a comparison with Michael. the The closest comparison is Kobe Bryant. We don't allow Kobe into that conversation. We want LeBron in the conversation because LeBron is now, uh, LeBron for some reason, is polarizing. and Michael can do no wrong. When you're the first man on the moon, You nobody uh, Buzz Aldrin is Buzz man. It's nice. Hey, Buzz had a nice career as an astronaut. That's Neil Armstrong. I don't care who it is. You're going to be another man on the moon. I mean, Mike invented the concept. Think of all of that. He invented the concept. Now you can say LeBron like LeBron has built his legacy, his brand off of Michael Jordan. Kobe did the same. They all do. And that's why it'll be hard to supplant Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. I have said this before. I'm guilty of it. I try not to get involved into the conversation or the debate because LeBron is so different from Michael. I'm sure that he aspired to be great like Mike. Wear number 23. He's not Michael Jordan. Kobe was as close to Mike as we'll ever see. He patterned himself. The tongue out, the same side, like everything. He went at Mike. He wanted to learn from Mike. He didn't want to be like Mike. He wanted to be better than Mike. But his perspective was so mature last night where he said, look, you can't compare me to him. He made me. He made me who I am. And I do think that, Michael, it's not a coincidence. When LeBron won his title with the Cleveland Cavaliers and Michael decided on that day... They were going to do this documentary. That's the competitor, Michael Jordan. They've been asking for years why all of a sudden Michael goes, hmm, yeah, this is the year. No, this was the year. This was the moment. All of a sudden, LeBron is starting to move up. And that, I think Michael was saying, there's a whole new generation that's probably going to go, you know, LeBron was great. He's as good as uh, Michael Jordan, in my opinion. You're a college kid, and this is what you grew up on. Everybody else, they saw Michael. They saw the finished product. They saw it from start to finish. They saw the jumper to beat Georgetown. They saw it all the way to the Wizards. LeBron, we don't know. If he won this title with the Lakers this year, then all of a sudden, you're getting into a conversation of... What is the greatest? How do you define the greatest? I still give guys a whole lot of credit if you make it to the NBA Finals. I don't blame you if you lose. I give you credit. Jerry West is one of my idols. Nobody lost more in the Finals than Jerry did, but you can't tell me I'm going to hold that against Jerry West. One year, he averaged over 40 a game in the NBA Finals. They lost. But he was there. It's like, it's like Brady was there. Oh, you know, he lost. A, yeah, he did. LeBron lost. A, he got there. You can't win if you don't get there. Mike went to six. Absolutely. Six and oh. Spectacular. If Mike was six and three, would we call him the greatest player of all time? And the answer is probably not. But I would look at it and go, he went to nine. What if you go nine for nine, but you went five and four? not the greatest of all time. Or you went 4-0. and I would go... Not, I look at Montana and, and Brady. Joe went to 4. Was spectacular in 4. Didn't throw an interception in any of those Super Bowls. He won all 4. Brady. Brady's gone to what? 8 Super Bowls? I've lost track. You know you're damn good if I've lost... <laughs> I've lost track of how many... Yes, Todd.
2: You consider Elway like the best quarterback. He lost three of five Super Bowls. He got there five times, but under 500 in his five wins.
0: I just think Elway was ahead of his time. I thought Elway, I think he was the greatest quarterback I ever saw. Now, not results-wise, but, but if Elway went 2-0 and and didn't go to the other ones when he lost three, I look at, he, he took those teams, they lost, they got blown out. That doesn't mean he wasn't great. And, and what Brady was able to do to go to those. And LeBron to go to the NBA Finals. It's held against him. Oh, Mike would never lose. I'd like to see Michael with that Cavaliers team that faced the San Antonio Spurs. That would shut some people up. Because look at that Cavaliers team. That team went to the Finals against the Spurs. A Spurs team that had, what, four Hall of Famers on it? A Hall of Fame coach? Please. We pick and choose with that. Uh, you know, there are a couple of things that stood out. And I wanted to bring uh, one thing here. This is Michael Jordan last night talking about why Isaiah Thomas was not a good fit for the dream
1: team. I respect Isaiah Thomas's talent. It, to me, the best point guard of all time is Magic Johnson. And right behind him is Isaiah Thomas. No matter how much I hate him, yeah, I respect his game. Now, it was insinuated that I was asking about him, but I never threw his name in there. The dream team based on the environment and the camaraderie that happened on that team, it was best harmony. Would Isaiah
0: have made a different feeling on that team? Yes. See, that's the honest part here. Isaiah was going to be a buzzkill. Mike wanted to have fun. The gold medal was never in doubt. Mike wanted to have fun. He wanted to go play golf every single day. He wanted to play cards. He wanted to be around his guys, be around his boys. Yes, he. It is funny that he's just like, yeah, I didn't like him. Nobody else well, I did love either. It. I love it. <laughs> Larry didn't like him. Magic didn't like him. It's like, everybody had a problem with him. They didn't. I mean, that's the honest truth. They did not like Isaiah Thomas. And, and John Stockton was going to just go with the floor. They didn't need another. They didn't need John Stockton. They didn't need Isaiah. I could have played for the dream team. They still would have won the gold medal. This is about... All right, Leitner is going to be the guy who does our dirty work. He's going to pick up the uh, bags. We're going to treat him like a rookie. He's a college kid. We're, you know, we're going to you know we're going to rough him up a little bit here. We're going to haze him a little bit. Stockton, hey, you know what? John will be out there run the offense. We'll be good. Got a guy who loves to pass the ball. Be good. Chuck, he'll have fun, have some quotes. Larry, it'll be great. You know, he and Patrick Ewing developing this uh, friendship. Larry can't play that much. You know, Molly deserves a chance here. Mike doesn't like Clyde Drexler, but I mean, Mike was brutal, brutal to Clyde Drexler. So much so the story I was told is, I'll take a break here. I'll take a break here. We'll, We'll come back here. I'm getting all fired up here. I don't know why. I, was, I You're going to slap the floor in a second. I, I did almost slap the floor with one hand there. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Tim Callishaw on the Cowboys bringing in Andy Dalton. Deal or no deal? Big deal, little deal. 20 after the hour, this is The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Just got this statement uh, from the Miami Dolphins. Don Shula was the patriarch of the Miami Dolphins for 50 years. He brought the winning edge to our franchise. Put the Dolphins in the city of Miami in the national sports scene. Our deepest thoughts and prayers go out to Marianne along with his children, Dave, Donna, Sharon, Ann, and Mike. Don Shula has passed away at the age of 90. Had the opportunity to play golf with coach after he retired. This was probably uh, 15 years ago. And he lived off the first tee at Indian Creek Country Club uh, outside of Miami. And we. it was just fun to see him out of the element. When, when he coached, he had that look on his face like he was right off of Mount Rushmore. And he was funny and uh, self-deprecating and, and inquisitive. And it was just, you got to see a coach outside of that coaching world. And uh, it was always one of those moments I cherished because I had such respect for him. He was so tough. But in that moment, playing golf with him, and you know, he said, I'm not very good. He goes, I, I was really good at coaching. And I'm not very good at golf. I said, Coach, I'm not good at either, either. All right, so uh, Coach Shula passing away at the age of 90. I'll tell you my Clyde Drexler story with Michael Jordan coming up here in a moment. I want to make way for the popular Tim Kalishaw Dallas morning, news columnist ESPN around the horn contributor and uh, Tim kind enough to join us. Tim, let me start with uh, the elephant in the room or the red elephant in the room with uh, Andy Dalton. Give me the strategy behind this of bringing in Andrew Dalton as a Cowboys backup.
1: Why has he got to be the red elephant? Why do you have to go there? Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I I don't think, I think the strategy is fairly simple. They've done this sometimes bringing in a veteran quarterback. They haven't done it a lot. So that's what has people thinking, oh, what's, what's this about? They've been very lucky. Dak Prescott started 64 games. He's, he's really never come out of a game while it was on the line. His backup the last two years, Cooper Rush, threw three passes in two seasons. And here's Andy Dalton floating around and he's inexpensive. And so I really think it's it's injury protection. Now everybody kind of jumps the gun and says, "Well, what if Dak, you know, doesn't come to camp or something?" I, I really don't think, I don't think there's a single worry about that. Honestly, he's going to make thirty-one million uh, if he doesn't get a long-term deal. So I really think it's just um, they've done a better job getting backups at a lot of spots, and here's another one.
0: Yeah, I didn't know if it was, you know, a shot at Dak Prescott or, you know, changes the leverage here. To me, I just said, you know what, it's a smart move to bring him in. He's from the Dallas area, doesn't have to uproot his family. And given the fact that you're not going to be able to meet in person, you know, he doesn't have to worry about any of those things with the coronavirus. I just thought, okay maybe this is something good or something guys have to have the mindset of wanting to be a backup quarterback though, Tim, I think Cam Newton to me is not a backup quarterback because he won't allow himself to do that. Andy Dalton is probably saying, what do I need to do? All right, I'll be a backup quarterback. And I think that's why he got in this position here.
1: I think Andy Dalton's made about $80 million with his time in Cincinnati. You know, he went to the playoffs four times, never won a game, but he he got the Bengals in the playoffs four times. That's something. And he may think of himself as, I can still start for somebody, but I'm okay now at whatever he is, 32, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, You know, being a backup this year. And, you know, if we have anything approaching a normal season, he'll play in preseason games. People will have tape on him. They'll seem surrounded by good offensive talent, including the line, running backs, everything, and see what he he looks like. So I I think plus, you know, the fact he has a house – here. I mean, who, who doesn't want to come to Dallas, Danny? Let's it's just, let's not mixed words.
0: Yet. I'll go to Austin, all right? I'll leave you That's in Dallas. That's
1: not a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> we already have a Dan Patrick at Austin. Oh, so, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah,
0: you know what? I'm going to stay out of Texas there, because he's enough Dan Patrick to go around for an entire oh, state. Uh, how's this playing locally that uh, Andy Dalton's in town?
1: Well, I think locally there is, a, there is at least a mindset, oh, there's the leverage. And there are some, you know, because I'll say this, in Dallas, fans historically are never on the player's side when there's a contract situation, maybe on Emmett's side. That would be about the only time after they, but they they'd a Super Bowl. Uh, but yet, generally, this is a, a city where they side with the teams and now they just see Dak, oh, he must be greedy. He, he won't sign a long-term deal. So there is a, a certain, you know, percentage of fans that want to say, okay, Andy Dalton's going to compete with him anyway. Hmm. I don't think they're bringing him in here to compete with Dak Prescott. I think they're fine playing him if something happens to Dak. Uh, But I think mostly, most people realize, hey, it's just a good move to cover your backside in case something, you know, there's no guarantee Dak is going to play every game forever.
0: I was curious with the C.D. Lamb draft pick because you don't need C.D. Lamb. He's a nice luxury to have. Because you already were a team that outscored the opposition by over a 100 points, you had a good passing attack here. How surprised were you that CD lamb was tops on their on their list?
1: Well, given that I did a mock draft on Go and Wingo uh, <laughs> I, I, they got to me at 17, and I picked CD lamb that Monday and uh, and I kind of jokingly said, I think it's great too thank you thank you." I think it's great not only to add a good player, but you keep him from becoming a Philadelphia Eagle four picks later. That might be some motivation too. I didn't think it would happen. I thought they would I thought they would take Chase on from LSU. But I don't if you think he's a, a receiver who's gonna be really good, and these other defensive players are like you're thinking, okay, they might be pretty good. This guy is gonna be good. Why not have three of them? Uh there, there are things with Cooper's contract. They could be done with him in two years if if they wanted to be. So I think they just said, look, let's just load up. Let, let's go for 30 points a game yeah. and see who can stop us.
0: Yeah, it feels like, hey, let's be the Kansas City Chiefs of the NFC. Uh-huh. We saw this with The Greatest Show on Turf. Teams started to try to emulate the Rams. It's really hard to do it, but it, it seems like that's what Jerry, Jerry probably said, hey, why not just add another guy to our four by one hundred relay team and yeah. let's see if we can do what Kansas City does.
1: And and, and so I don't, I don't blame him for that. I mean, I think everybody thinks he's a he's gonna be a talented receiver in this league, whether he's the best receiver in a couple of years or not. I mean, I don't think people realize Michael Gallup last half of last year had six hundred and fifty yards. He was yeah. playing like a thirteen hundred yard receiver. So they have a lot of weapons. Let's see Let's see what they can do with them.
0: He's Tim Kalashaw, Dallas Morning News columnist around the Horn Star, joining us on the program. Uh, the NFL is going to release that schedule, looks like, as scheduled this weekend. How surprised are you?
1: A little surprised, although I think it just goes in line with other things they've done in terms of we need to go ahead and if we have to change things later, we'll change them. But for now, let's have free agency, let's have a draft, And let's go ahead. People get unnaturally excited about the NFL schedule. And and they love it. Uh, So let's give them one more thing we can give them. We don't know if it's going to happen. We have no clue if fans are going to be at any of these games. But for now, this is the plan. And we'll adjust later. I I don't think there's harm in it. I think think most people recognize the NFL has no guarantees that this is going to come off. But everybody can be a little optimistic, I guess.
0: Did you cross paths with the Bulls in the 90s? What do you think of this documentary?
1: You know, I, I think the, the documentary is very good. I, I didn't. I was a, I was a Cowboys beat writer the first half and the Stars beat writer the second half. And I became a columnist in the summer of 98. And that's the last dance. So I can't I actually was about two weeks after that ended. Obviously, I watched him a million times. Rodman came to town later. Oh, he, he, was a, he was was. Briefly a maverick, but uh, no, I mean, it's, there's a lot of fast.
0: He's always a maverick, Tim. Yes. He's always going to be a maverick, but did they do a documentary, a true documentary on the Cowboys of the nineties?
1: You know, that's a good point. I mean, there's been different things, nothing this exhaustive, nothing with behind the scenes footage, which would be very dangerous with the Cowboys of the 90s. Boy, but how People good would that
0: be friends. with those personalities, with those egos, yeah. if you had that? Wow.
1: Just with, just with number 88, it'd be pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if there's footage, it yeah, that, that could be incriminate. Well, statute of limitations there. We
1: saw some of that footage on the news on Sunday nights a lot of times back then. <laughs>
0: but just this whole friction between coach and owner, Yeah. I mean the Bulls had the owner and GM on the same page, but they didn't have the coach and the owner on the same page. You had that with Dallas where Jerry and and Jimmy didn't get along.
1: Well think about this. The Bulls had two Jerry's. No. Owner and GM. Cowboys had one in those same jobs, and he couldn't get along ultimately very quickly with, with the coach. So there there's a lot of there were some parallels. I mean success Success is hard, as you know well, Danny.
0: (laughs) I just make it look easy, Timmy. (laughs) I just make it. But I think if you start to look at, you know, the the Warriors are interesting if you did one of these with Duran involved in it and Draymond Green. Other than that, they're not an interesting team. They play in interesting style. I I started to think about if you were going to do this in other sports, like what would be the one team in the modern era where you go, now that would be fun.
1: Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, you're right. The Warriors off the court would be, and, and I, don't, I don't think the Patriots, I don't know if there would be enough infighting. It certainly seems like there wasn't at least until the end. So maybe if you could get some of that. It, it, it's hard. You really you really do have to go back to the Cowboys in the 90s and say, hey, this was a great team, but off the field. Look at what the hell happened. Who else would ever have had win back to back Super Bowls and then the coaches out? I, I mean, know. That just, that would never happen anywhere else.
0: And then Barry Switzer gets credit for. Yes, for the third. It's one. like John Gruden gets credit for Tony Dungy's Super Bowl that in does. Tampa.
1: But John Gruden beat his own team. So that was, kind of, <laughs> well, that's very confusing. Well, that one. well, he knew all, they didn't change
0: the audibles there. <laughs> I love that Rich Gannett, like John knew every call that they were making there.
1: That helped. So, uh,
0: oh, well, you know what? Shaq and Kobe, the Lakers would have been. That would have okay. been interesting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that would have been some. But it was really those two. And then Phil's job and of sort Phil, of being lifeguard in the yeah. deep end.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: And then Jeannie Buss and his relationship with Jeannie Buss. And eh, you could get okay. something out of there.
1: You got something. What do you got planned today? Well, once this is over, not a lot, Dan. Uh, <laughs> I am going to write a column. That's not true. I'll do uh, I'll do three hours of local radio. We will talk Andy Dalton. Why do you
0: Why do you have a collared shirt on?
1: You know I like to dress for breakfast around <laughs> here, Dan. It's do you have pants run. on? You know John McEnroe appreciates it when I get dressed up. So
0: do you have pants on?
1: I have uh, pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hundred
0: dollars. I'll give you a hundred dollars if you stand up.
1: Hundred dollars. Well, there you
0: go. There you go. Those are your those, yeah. are your those are your pajama,
1: <laughs> the nice flannel look.
0: Look hot, you yeah. look hot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, let's do this again. I mean, I'm around here for you if you
1: need. You know, I'm I'm here. <laughs> I know. And. Uh- I, you know, I put up a light for you. I don't know if you can tell. Oh, I, I, oh I, is that what that is? I set up the ESPN light. See if I lean this way. There's. A, oh,
0: I see it. I see the re- reflection there.
1: I, I did a little work to get this stage set up. No, you
0: know? no. Hey, you look, you made, makes sure you look really good. Your eyes are popping.
1: Everything's popping.
0: Yeah, they are. Uh, well, good luck today. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> he just froze. He just turned off his light there. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Let me get a couple of phone calls in here. We'll take a break. Jeff in St. Louis. Jeff, thanks for holding. What do you have for me today?
2: Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Jeff. Um, Can I do my best and worst of the weekend? All right. My best, I'm going to have to go with William Byron on that virtual NASCAR. Went at three out of the first four races. He's only 22.
0: Yeah.
2: And your opinion on how they're going to manage seven races starting May 17th on NASCAR live and, and races.
0: Oh, I, you know, there's just, they're going to go, uh, you know, everybody flies private and uh, I don't, they're not going to have fans there. I mean, it's not in my wheelhouse to know what NASCAR is doing here, but you're just not going to have fans in the stands. Yeah. Carl in Arizona. Hey, Carl
2: a very good morning to you and all the crew, uh, a best and better of the weekend best. Okay. Uh, very impressed with how the documentary The Last Dance incorporated the up-and-coming Tony Kukoc into that. I think a lot of people were looking at the Dream Team and you'd say, oh, cool, they ran Angola by seventy. That's the usual broken record narrative to play out. They didn't go that route. They brought up Tony Kukoc coming from a war-torn Yugoslavia, and I thought that was a very nice touch to it. The better of all this is um, I was seven growing up in Chicago, and I remember that interview with Ahmad Rashad with Jordan wearing the shades. Oh, so bad. And I couldn't grasp it. You see, I couldn't grasp it. I'm 34 now. I rewatched it, and I urge a lot of people to rewatch it because it was a very transparent, tired, and vulnerable Jordan. Lastly, uh, I just want to know this uh, for the poll question, McLovin. Uh, over under 12 installment of The Master of the Midway, when Aaron Rodgers eventually goes to Chicago, uh, when they do that documentary,
0: that would be the over <laughs> under 12 installment. Thank you, Carl. Hey. I- I don't need to have, you know, be deluged with documentaries here. (laughs) Everyone's got one. Yeah, I got one now. The Chicago Bears, Vince Evans story, Dan. I've been pushing for that for the years. Yeah. The Quincy Carter documentary with the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Uh, We'll give you our best and worst of the week, and I'll give you this Clyde Drexler dream team story with Michael. Um more phone calls as well. Will Farrell will join us coming up. Final hour of the program. We'll take a break. Back after this on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Once again, Don Shula has passed away at the age of 90. He has 328 career wins, and to put that into perspective, at least try to, Bill Belichick is third on the list with 273 wins. So he's got to coach at least five more seasons, averaging 11 wins per year in order to tie Don Shula. But uh, Don Shula, one of the great coaches, legendary coaches, passing away at the age of 90. I've been teasing this Clyde Drexler story. I don't know if it's good enough to keep teasing it, but I'll I'll, I'll give it to you. Our Portland affiliate is just on pins and needles. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now this comes from a reliable source here that uh, when Clyde Drexler was on the dream team with Michael Jordan and Jordan just was, he was relentless. He was brutal to Clyde Drexler because Clyde Drexler was being told that he was better than Michael Jordan at the time. And, of course, you had the NBA Finals when, you know, Michael hit those six threes. That was in game one of the 92 Finals. And he did that in the first half. You know, he never made more than four three-pointers in a, in a game, in a playoff game after that. So he had six in the first quarter because he wanted to say to Clyde Drexler, oh, you think you're better than me or as good as me? So he sends him a nice little message. So that you then have the dream team. Drexler, from what I'm told, shows up at practice one day with two left shoes. And Jordan and Barkley, they were all over. Him. Be- he said, hey, I was getting dressed in the dark, <laughs> and he showed up with two left shoes. And Jordan was just brutal, brutal on him. And then they had to, I think Clyde had to borrow one of Larry Bird's shoes because he had two left shoes. And plus, they refused to let him off the hook. They just, Mike was brutal to him. He really was. Uh, I was wondering about this, too. You know, we talk about how, you know, Michael with what he did, and he went 6-0. and oh, And I, I always come back to say, look, LeBron got there. And, you know, the cast of characters, he took that first team that lost to the Spurs. If I took Michael's team that he had when he first got there in Cleveland, or in Chicago, he'd not getting to the NBA Finals. LeBron got to the NBA Finals with that team that didn't have anywhere near another star on it, And it's one of the more amazing things that LeBron did. I know he went to the Heat to get a couple of titles, came back to Cleveland, he had Kyrie, had a better team, better all-around team, but if you look back, that team that he took to the NBA Finals that lost to the Spurs, and that Spurs team was loaded. LeBron had no chance there. So I don't hold it against him. Every time you lose a championship, I don't say, oh, that's a negative. It should be a positive. Used to be, when you lost the Super Bowl, when the Broncos would get blown out, they weren't the second best team in the NFL. It felt like they went to the bottom of the list, like, oh, God, you guys got blown out by Washington. They got there. The Buffalo Bills went to four straight. Now, Could they have prepared better, maybe been more professional? Yeah, but they went to four consecutive Super Bowls, which will never happen again. Now, they lost, but that's a negative. Everything about that is a negative, and it shouldn't be. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Jeff in Detroit's back with us. Good morning, Jeff. What's going on, down? What up, though? One
2: time for chat, Row. As I'm sitting here thinking of what my worst is, it's actually you, sir. You had me thinking that I was going to be able to not watch that Jordan documentary and just put it out of my mind and say (laughs) no. But after your awesome interviewing skills and the way that you broke it down with dude earlier, I
0: guess I got to watch it now. I really do, man. And I hate that I got to, but that was a really good interview, Dan. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate the phone call. You may not like it as a Pistons fan, but it is fascinating. It really is. And Jason Hare uh, was great. That interview was great. If you missed that uh, or any of the interviews, go to uh, Dan Patrick Show app. But just giving you stuff behind the scenes. The fact that John Stockton, and, and John Stockton was difficult to have. He would never sit down and do an interview. And it took us years to have him on this show. Now, I did get to interview him that NBA Finals in Utah. He would not do an interview with NBC. He would not do an interview with Jim Gray. He did not want to talk. All he wanted to do was play. And the PR person from the Utah Jazz, who was great with me, and he said, look, John says he'll do an interview with you. I'm I'm on SportsCenter. NBC's carrying the NBA Finals. And John did an interview. And we got done with that interview. NBC got wind of it. And next thing I know, Jim Gray's saying, hey, he's got to sit down with me. And John said, nope, not doing it. He just... He would pick and choose, and the fact that he said to the director, I'm not going, I'm not going to be part of a puff piece on Michael Jordan. I love that. I, I, applaud, I applaud John Stockton for saying that. I'm not going to be a part of a puff piece here. Not exactly a puff piece, but Stockton's like, no. My, my, this is not what I do now is sit around and tell people how great Michael Jordan was. That's good stuff, though. Uh, let me see. How about Greg in Illinois? Hey, Greg. Hey, what up,
2: DP? Hey, uh, Quick question for you, or possible uh, final hour uh, poll question. Um, what do you think is more difficult, the rough style of play MJ faced or the microscope of social media that LeBron faces today? Thanks.
0: Oh, I think it still comes down to playing. You know, playing takes care of everything, it feels like, and if you play great, I mean, the reason why Michael became a worldwide brand was because his team won. Like, he was great, you know, and then you have this Nike brand there. Social media roughs up LeBron, but when he wins, you know, even even then it's hard to rough him up. But, uh, you know, Michael would have had problems with social media, but I think it would have inspired him. It would have made him even tougher, meaner, hungrier. More phone calls coming up, our best and worst, and Will Farrell stops by.